thread. That's where we find this woman in this morning's gospel, hanging by a thread. For 12 years, she has been suffering from this bleeding. And not only that, but doctors have bled her of all the money that she has. She is penniless. She is suffering and struggling. And as many of you probably know, she would have been ostracized as well as a result of that. Because of all of that bleeding, she would have been rendered perpetually unclean. And what does that mean? It means that she is cast out of the community, that she's not able to come and to have access to God and his gifts at the temple. And so she finds herself on the outside looking in, coming before this Lord whom she has heard a little about and finding herself hanging by her last thread. Twelve years is also the age of this little girl whose life is hanging by a thread. Mark doesn't give us the details to know what it is that she's suffering from, but suffice it to say that any time a child is that near to death, it's terrifying for everybody involved. You parents, you grandparents, you can only imagine the pain that must have been lodged inside of Jairus' heart. Jairus is the girl's father. He's hanging by a thread too, perhaps more than any of them, because he himself, despite his, uh, his power and his prestige because of his position in the synagogue, now he finds himself in this precarious position where nothing that he is able to do is going to change the fact that he is this close to losing his little girl, his beloved daughter. And so we see these three lives, this woman, this daughter, this father, their three lives intertwined by this thin, fragile thread. What a precarious position to be in. I empathize with them, and perhaps you do too. I think that if we have learned anything over the last year and a half and through this pandemic, it's that our lives are a lot more fragile and precarious than we previously thought. I saw this documentary a while back and it was about this Frenchman. He was like a circus performer, an acrobat, and he decided that he wanted to do the ultimate tightrope walk. This was back in the 70s. And he wanted to, to walk across a tightrope between the Twin Towers. They were still standing in New York. Now, you wonder, how do you get a permit for that? I'm not exactly sure, okay? You watch the documentary, you get into to some of those details. But it was fantastic to see this guy. What a feat. How could he possibly put his life, talk about hanging by a thread. He is going to go up and walk across it's hundreds of feet up in the air. And it was more than 100 feet across between those two buildings. But in watching the documentary, what I took away from it and the impression that this guy gave, this incredible performer, he's like, yeah, what I'm doing, maybe you look at it and you say, well, that's an incredible feat. But what we need to realize is that all of us every day are walking a tightrope. All of our lives are hanging by a thread, whether or not we recognize it. When buildings can just collapse, in the blink of an eye, when lives can be wiped away just like that, we start to realize how we're hanging by a thread. And, and I know for many of you this morning, you're feeling it. 
For some of you, it's because you've just packed your life so full that you're like, I can totally handle everything as long as nothing ever goes wrong. <laughs> Yesterday, the family and I, we had planned it out perfectly, or at least I had planned it out perfectly. We had been downstate visiting my family, and I thought, okay, if we leave from the Detroit area before noon, you know, it's like a three and a half hour drive, we'll get here in plenty of time for the five o'clock service, so long as traffic is perfect. And it doesn't pour down rain, and we don't find ourselves sitting on the freeway at a dead stop for an hour and a half, which is what happened. I came in hot for that service last night. It worked out. The Lord was with us. But I realized how I had given myself this tight little margin hanging by a thread. For others of you, it's not just a busy schedule, but it's your health or the health of somebody that you love. And you feel like it's just hanging by a thread, like at any given moment, it might just give out or you might get that phone call that you've been dreading. And for still others of you, it's this haunting cloud of anxiety and depression that you're mostly able to keep at bay, but you know that it's there. And that any given day, that thread might snap. Whatever it is for you, all of us, whether we recognize it or not, our lives are hanging by a thread. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Unless, unless that thread belongs to Jesus. So this woman who's been suffering for 12 years and has reached that point where she is looking for any help that she can possibly find. And she's heard about this wonder-working rabbi and she thinks to herself, she gets this crazy idea like, maybe if I go up and I sneak up behind him, perhaps even if I just touch the thread of his garments, I will be healed. And so there she sees Jesus going with the crowd, going in the throng, and she thinks, okay, I'll just sneak up behind him. She goes behind, she touches just the edge of his garments, and sure enough, immediately she can feel herself healed within her body. All of that suffering wiped away in a moment. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And then you get one of my favorite weird moments in the Gospels, where Jesus is like, wait a second, I feel power has gone out from me. And for me, as like a 90s kid, I just think video games. Like suddenly Jesus is like, <laughs> And there's this telling, uh, telling moment with the disciples too, because he's like, who touched me? And they're like, really, who touched you? Look, we're in a mosh pit. You're asking who touched you? And look around, anybody could have touched you. Jesus looks at the woman, sees her, and says to her, speaking so tenderly to her, my daughter, you who have been cast out, you who have lived this life of uncertainty and insecurity, go in peace. And it's even more wondrous than that. What he literally says is this kind of curious phrase in the Greek. He literally says to her, go into peace. Go into peace. So he's not just giving a, a fond farewell, but what he is speaking over her, this benediction, this blessing, is he is encouraging her, enter into the peace of your Lord. 
It's another way of saying, go and live under this umbrella of God's grace that now you are no longer going to live in this uncertainty, this tenuous, precarious existence, but now you are going to live under the certain, sure reign and rule of your beloved Lord. Now dwell in that shalom, see? That's where you are going to find life. Go and live in that place now. But now... At that same time, there's Jairus. Remember Jairus, okay? This poor dad who he's like, okay, Jesus, this is all really good. This is cool. But I mean, seriously, it's been 12 years for. Can she not wait 10 more minutes? My daughter is on her deathbed, Lord. Can't we get going? Time is of the essence. While he's wondering and fretting all of that, you get these great helpers who come up and like, hey, quit bothering Jesus. Your daughter's dead. Well, thanks a lot, guys. That thread, that delicate, fragile thread has been cut. Her life lost. But Jesus says, don't fear, only believe, because our kind Lord is able to rewind that lifeline that seemed to have been snapped. Now he is able to go and with a word say to that little girl, taking her hand, Talitha Kumi, little daughter, literally little lamb, in the tenderest words possible, he takes her hand and says, little daughter, I say to you, arise. And she does. And while everybody else is freaking out, Jesus doesn't forget the main thing. Don't forget to give her something to eat. She's going to be hungry. This is our loving Lord so that we see that what matters is not whether or not you are hanging by a thread. Everyone is. What matters is whether that thread belongs to Jesus. And also, and this is critical, who's hanging on to it? show you what I mean. A number of years back, I'm a, a, a vicar, which means a pastor in training, which means that I'm extremely clueless. Still am, but less clueless than I was at that point. And I get a call one day from a member of our parish, and she says, it's Judy, and she calls and she says, Vicar, I didn't know who else to call you. You're the only one available, but there's some friends of mine, and they don't go to the church. You don't know them at all, but their son committed suicide last night. And they need someone to bring them a word of comfort. And I'm thinking, is there no one else available? <laughs> I remember going on the way there, and you guys know me. I am rarely speechless, but I'm utterly without words. What am I going to say? I don't even, I don't even know this family, and even if I did, this is like the, the hardest, this is you know, your, your top degree of difficulty kind of call for a pastor, much less a vicar, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this, right? Thinking, how can Ryan and his wisdom and his, his ability and his skill, how can he figure this thing out and say the exactly right thing in order to make this situation right? But still, when I'm walking up those steps to the door, I've got nothing. I go in, I see the family, and they're so distraught, so crestfallen. And all I've got is my Bible. And I decide I've got to play that game. Some of you are familiar with this. Some call it Bible chance, whatever you, whatever you care to call it. Where, okay, dear Jesus, please help here. I'm going to flip through, 
And I do, looking very spiritual about it, like I'm shuffling a deck of cards, right? And I land on 2 Timothy chapter 2, which says this. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. I speak that word of the Lord to that couple, and they say, oh, pastor, vicar, that's just the word we needed to hear. And I remember driving back after that and thinking, that was just the word I needed to hear too. That what matters is not my faithfulness. The song that we sing is not great is my faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Because of his steadfast love, we are not cut off. He is the one not only who binds us fast, but who holds the cord. Our faithful Lord Jesus, who bound you to himself in holy baptism, who wrapped that lifeline around you and continues to strengthen it week by week as we receive his very body and blood, who holds you fast when you feel like you can't hold on any longer. Look, we are all of us hanging by a thread. It's not a question of, of whether you are but whose thread it is and who's holding on. But if your thread belongs to Jesus, there's no safer place to be. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand for prayer.